to the NFL. What is up, party people in the house? <laughs> We're back on Dynasty War Games. It's me, Jesse the Herbalist, Jesse Schneeman, joined by my main man, Chad Mendoza. How you doing tonight, Chad? Um, I'm doing all right. I'm uh, still on the road. Uh, so another day driving across the state, of, the great state of Texas. Um, but yeah, I'm ready to be back home and um, be able to record things and then sleep in my bed. <laughs> right that would have been better, you, but... You know, we rustle in horses. Oh, just work stuff. Yeah. But, you know, know. got to get the paycheck, right? Yeah. I hear you. I thought that was like the worst thing I could call someone from Texas as a horse rustler. Yeah. Whatever. I'm I'm too tired (laughs) to argue. Maybe 200 years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Right on, man. All right. Cool. So tonight, um, it's going to be a little calmer than the last time we were on our five-hour extravaganza where I was blurry and slurry at the end and Chad fell asleep. (laughs) Thank God we had Brian (laughs) with us to carry us through. Oh, man. We were the utmost professionals. Yeah, it was great. Uh, (laughs) Hopefully we never have to do that again because I've uh, I've realized that two hours is more like my my threshold. And once I pass that point, yeah, I'm... I'm, (laughs) Yeah, I'm not having a good time. So, yeah, next time I think maybe we'll tag team it. You know, yeah, we'll do like yeah. a little bit of overlap. You know, like a half hour, an hour of overlap. But like, you know, I'll, you know, you take the first two, or Mike takes the next two, or whatever, and yeah, we just overlap it by half hour. Or maybe maybe I'll just take off that day and and uh, um, send the kids with the with the in laws, and you know, just make a day of it. <laughs> well, that's what I did actually. Um, I took the day off from work and, um, the wife had her girls weekend and her kid was with the dad. So like I, uh, uh, what did I make? Oh, that's right. I had chili dogs and then went out and got a 12 pack and drank 10 of them during that broadcast, by the way, two shots of tequila. (laughs) (laughs) I think the first shot was after Sky Moore and things got a little fuzzy after that. Oh, I was man. pretty psyched at that Sky Moore landing spot. That may, I mean, what do you think? That that makes him a makes him a first rounder. Obviously, I mean, how do you, yeah? I guess the yeah, question me, is how do you, how do you feel? Are you confident about him in the first round? Oh, man, I don't know. Um, I am confident about him in the first round. That's for sure. I just uh, you know I'm I'm a big Sky Moore believer. Um, I would have liked. Uh, you know, there's not really much much complaints you can have with the with the Chiefs offense. Uh, it's it's just going to be interesting, you know, how things get up in the role he's going to be asked to play there. Yeah, I think it's an interesting fit. I, um, I I believe in Andy Reid's ability to use different players in different ways. Yeah, so like I don't sure. I I don't think he needs a certain kind of player to be successful. Yeah, and we've seen yeah. him do it with all kinds of different players. Yeah, it'll, it's it's a good landing spot for sure. It's it's about the best you can get, right? So, you know, yeah. there's not much you can hate on it. It's it's just one of those things. He didn't he didn't go as early as I was anticipating anticipating him going. But I guess if you know, if, 
with this landing spot that kind of makes up for it. So. Yeah. Yeah. They're green Bay. So I guess that that's a good transition into Christian Watson. How do you, how are you feeling about him as a first rounder? Yeah, I, I'm actually uh, really excited about Christian Watson in the offense because I think, um, you know, I, I think if there was a quarterback that was going to be able to use his skill set and just use his frame and, and, and athleticism right out of the gate, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, and, and, you know, to be honest, he doesn't have any other choice. Like, they, he has to. Yeah. <laughs> he has to yeah. use him, right, because <laughs> he has no other options. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that one. I know people don't like Watson as much as uh, um, some of the other guys that are going around his uh, ADP, but – you know, I think he's I think he's a really uh, potential uh, the potential to be a really good dynasty player um, very early. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, for as raw as he is, I just anybody that, that went there, obviously, everyone was going to love. Yeah. So I'm, I'm seeing Sky Moore. In fact, I'm taking Sky Moore at one nine. I've done it two or three times already. And Watson's going Watson's going one ten. Although I, I just saw him. Where was it? Um, I just saw him go 108. Oh, it's in the Marvel draft that we're doing. He he went 102 in one of my leagues. Wow, 102. Holy. Yeah, holy shit, 102 or 103. Um, it, it was one of those two picks. I don't remember which, but yeah, uh, and it was a very early rookie draft. Like they started it legitimately like right after the draft ended. Um, and yeah, he, he went super early. I was, I was surprised, but you know, go for your guy, I guess it's, it's a, it's a pretty good year yeah. to, to go with the guy you, you believe in. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, I wouldn't do it, but no, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't hate someone for doing it. There are other players I'd rather have, you know, I, I've been getting into quite a few discussions with Austin, who was on our live stream, he's a dynasty war zone, Patreon. Um, We've been going back and forth because I had the 102 in Einstein's league, and I was just trying to move down. I wasn't trying to do anything crazy. I was just trying to pick up either a later pick, um, you know, and another pick, or really what I want is a 2023 first because I don't have one. This this team mm-hmm. didn't have one when I took it over anyway. So, like, I was like, hey, do you want your team needs a running back? Do you want Kenny Walker? And he's like, and he just keeps firing back at me. How do you know I would take Kenny Walker? He's not automatically the 102. Blah, blah, blah. And then it spilled over into, I mean, I, and I'm giving him a hard time. He's a good dude. So, but, like, he's not really screaming at me. But, like, I I see Walker as the clear 102. I, I mean, in fact, I see a, a tear break there because I don't think anybody's trading up for a wide receiver in this draft. You know no. what I mean? No. I think, I think the um, – yeah, I mean, you can definitely argue – the talent level drops after the first maybe three or four wide receivers. Um, but, I mean, there there's some people that would put up the argument that, you know, maybe there's not that much of a, a of a talent gap between, you know, a guy like Olave and a guy like Sky Moore just because he, you know, went to a small school and didn't have the same opportunity in a high-functioning offense and all that kind right. of stuff. But, right. you know, um, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. The wide receivers are so deep again this year, so – um, you want yeah. the running back with, with draft capital and on a team where he has a clear cut chance to find that starting role in, in that production. And while there are a lot more running backs next year, I, I'm, I think I count five good ones right now um, that I would probably take in the first round. 
there are still a lot of wide receivers next year as well. Yeah, I mean, so, wh- running backs running backs are going to fall uh, and rise. Quarterbacks are going to fall and rise. It, it's it's an it's impossible to predict right now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh who's yeah, be there. You know, I mean, just all you have to do is look at a guy like Spencer Rattler, who you know people are talking about years out as the clear cut. 101 for years to come and and yeah. you know he's not even talked about as a nfl player anymore you know yeah well i mean um, sam howell and rattler were you know one two yeah and now sam howell is a fifth yeah. round nfl draft pick you know so yeah obviously yeah. you're right shout out to gator j who uh we met last night on dynasty fever he helped us with our mock draft um he's in chat so i think we have a new fan um he uh Nice, nice. He's in well, the welcome, DWZ Peter. We, we three league with us, which randomly found out last night. I was trying to make deals with him. But, oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. So uh, he, uh, yeah, that's the league um, that I had Rattler and Howell. And my entire plan was, well, you know, I have these guys coming up in, in two years when I drafted them. And so I'll trade away the rest of my 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 youth for veterans and then i'll have these guys to come in and give me the influx you know i'll have a third quarterback and then i'll just trade the other one for the world and i ended up with nothing out of either one of them <laughs> so that's kind of how Devi goes you know yep. i'm very new to Devi, so this that's my first sort of real smack in the face yep yep um yeah it's Devi. Devi's one of those things you don't realize how unpredictable these prospects are you know, even just a year out until you really get deep into Debbie and you're like, man, this is, this is a crapshoot. You know, some of these guys yeah. that are going 101, 102, 103 are, you know, end up being day two picks, late day two picks, you know, even some cases day three picks or mm-hmm. undrafted free agents in, in the case of Justin Ross. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you definitely can't predict what was it? A motorcycle injury, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel horrible for that. Multiple kid. different reports about, some stuff he was he's just had for yeah years and years and years. Um, mm. uh, I know there was the injury with him, but I don't know as far as what teams what, what was scaring off teams. If that well, from what I heard is he's just nowhere. He's nowhere near yeah. back, he, and like he's just not the athlete he was. Yeah, but yeah. So overall, how are you feeling about this class uh, after we found out the landing spots and everything? Yeah, I love it. I mean, I. I think, I think, you know the 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 negative hype on this draft class went way too far. You know, I really like these guys. It's deep. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's a little deeper than last year. Last year, this year, early third, you know, early to mid third, there are still players that I like and I want. Um, yeah, Tolbert and sometimes a couple Algier. Um, I'm going to call them Algiers. I don't care. <laughs> Algiers I like in the third you know there but there are other guys that are just sort of sneaking out there um you know Mechie anywhere in the second mm-hmm. um uh yeah there's good value late with the tight ends too Dulcich and Jelani Woods are going late in the third early fourth um yeah I, I'm not that I expect those guys to to turn out to be anything great but who knows they could be you know they both got decent draft capital you know what's what's insane is uh, in a draft that a rookie draft that just ended, um, Jeremy Ruckert went undrafted, um, and I picked him up on the waiver wow. wire. Nice, yeah, insane. Um, you know, talk about a 
a tight end and, and an up and coming offense that, you know, has a lot of the traits that you, you look for. And, and mm. yeah, I mean, drafted in the third round, like, you know, that's significant draft capital for a tight end. So uh, yeah, it was, it was very interesting. So I think, yeah. I think the class is so deep and people are so split on these tight ends that outside of, uh, um, you know, the first guy there, everybody's just kind of has their own thing going on. Mm. All right, so have you been able to make any trades in the first round of, of any of your rookie drafts? Yeah, uh, so I made the one with you um, in oh, one right. of our yeah, leagues. Yeah. Which... So essentially, um, Walker fell to the third pick, and I had the fourth and you had the third, so I wanted to trade up for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, uh, 104 and Fryermuth for... 103 Dawson Knox and 210. Yeah. Yep. And then and then for some reason we we complicated it with a bunch of trash. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you needed depth in that league, so you know how that goes. Yeah. It's I mean, it's I don't nice. know that Corey Davis and McKissick are really depth. They they I think I'm, I'm, I think McKissick I think McKissick can definitely be a, a you know, usable asset this year. Not the longest yeah. benches in that league though, so I'm like fighting not That's to cut. True. I have to cut four players, you know. That's true. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I think it's 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 really interesting first round. I think people are really hesitant to trade up or, you know, even attempt to trade down because I think people have in their mind that they're not going to be able to. So right. I just haven't seen a lot of people try to move at all. Um, and I also think that just people like so many different players in this draft, especially with the wide receivers, that they're just willing to stay put and pick a guy. Uh, whether that be Drake London or some people have Garrett Wilson first. You know, I think we're both pretty high on Jamison Williams. Not that we have him first, but, uh, um, you know, without the injury, I probably would have him as my wide receiver one. Um, I kind of do. I mean, I, yeah. I've been having a real hard time deciding between him and Garrett Wilson. And uh, what I've done is, like, in a lot of leagues, I have multiple picks. Um so any any leagues where I have early picks, a lot of times I have multiple picks. So, like, I took Garrett Wilson third, and then I had the fifth pick, and I had fifth and the sixth and the seventh, that I figured Jamison Williams would fall. Could, I was having a hard time deciding between the two, so I just took Wilson and, you know, stare the devil in the face a little bit mm-hmm. and hope that your guy falls to you, and he did. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I can't blame anybody for having whatever order they have these guys in. Um, same. Because the the landing spots on some of the guys that maybe you consider tier two wide receivers in this draft, or I think maybe consensus people um, consider tier two in this draft, they got such great landing spots that it almost pushes yeah. them closer to tier one. You know, your right. um, your Sky Moore and, and your Watsons, and so I mean, you know, if, hey, Alex, so if somebody wants to take Sky Moore yeah. over over Chris Olave, or wants to take him over um, Garrett Wilson, even like I wouldn't do it, but I get it, you know. Mm-hmm. And like Alec Pierce was probably borderline tier three, and now is bumped up to solidly in in tier two because of the landing spot. You know, um, the Colts obviously need another weapon. I don't think I don't think Mac Ryan is a great quarterback, especially at this stage in his career. But I mean, he's a clear clear upgrade over the Tin Man. You know that they traded away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think Alec Pierce is a weird one too because I've I mean I've maybe done like six rookie drafts so far or you know maybe not completed some of them but I've gotten through the second round on on all of them at least and Alec Pierce I mean I've seen him go you know very early second and then I've seen him drop to like two eleven two twelve um yeah. and the it's same weird. with Mechie the same with yeah. Mechie. And I think it's just those running backs, those third and fourth round running backs where everybody's just, you know, throwing them in in whatever order they want. And they're either sliding up into the early and mid second, which I think is very odd. And then in some cases, you know, they're being pushed back in in other drafts. uh, And that's pushing some of those, you know, third tier wide receivers up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess this is a good opportunity. This is something that I wanted to talk about. Um, I want to talk about the difference between Alec Pierce and Mechie. So like okay. I have Mechie, I have Mechie above Pierce, but I've also got Mechie in probably four of my drafts so far. So I have a lot of them. And mm-hmm. w- so, do you think it's worth taking Pierce over Mechie in a league or two just to diversify, kind of like Mike Mike Kinney says in chat here? Yeah, I mean you know me, so like I'm I have a pretty. I mean I don't want to say it's a hardline rule, but. It's one of those that I, I ideally try to stick to, and that's, you know, maximum I want a player share of 30%. Maximum, if that's, a, that's if I love a guy. If I, unless, I mean, with a caveat that, you know, it's a fourth or fifth rounder that I think doesn't, shouldn't be going in the fourth or fifth round of rookie drafts, and I might have, like, you know, 70% of them just because he's falling so late, um, and those picks don't really matter much. But, you know, for the guys going in the second and first round, I, I want a 30% share of them because I don't want to be burned on anybody, on any one player. Um, and right. I think Mechie and Alec Pierce are, are really, um, I guess, good examples of, yeah, just diversifying and saying, okay, both of these guys have good traits. Both of these guys um, are in offenses that maybe have some question marks, but they can emerge as the lead guy in, in their offense if they play well this season. Um, or even going into year two, maybe develop into that that wide receiver one on their respective team. So I, I mean, I, yeah, I say take whatever guy falls to you, um, and feel feel comfortable about it because where I'm seeing these these two guys go, I think they're steals. I mean, I would rather have me personally. I would rather have uh, Mechie or Alec Pierce in the late second than draft Pickens at one eleven to one twelve like he's going. Um, that's just me personally. I'm struggling a little bit at the end. So I, I appreciate what you said there. And I, I, that's kind of my instinct. Um, so I, I haven't actually pulled the trigger on it yet. I have a trade out. So I'm trying to get it. I'm trying to get a second in a league where both of those guys are available. And, uh, I may end up just having to take the guy that falls to me if I even am able to make the trade. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. I think, I think my next couple drafts when it comes up Mechie or Pierce I'm going to take Pierce just so like you said I'm diversified I like both players so I, I, I don't think Pierce is mm-hmm. much of a downgrade because I like the I like I do like the landing spot a little better you know Houston yep. does but neither neither team really has their quarterback yet um I probably like Matt Ryan a little better than Davis Mills I don't know Mills looked really good at the end of the year though um, I mean for a first year player be- you can't really knock him too much right in that offense he didn't have uh, great weapons, you know, outside of Brandon Cooks. No, I. <laughs> they did you know, keep Mike, it pretty simple for him. Mike, uh, Mike Casper, our our other co-host, and I. Um, you know, we went to that Houston Texans game last season against Carolina, and right. it was hilarious because 
you couldn't find one one fan wearing a Texans jersey uh, for a current player. It was like all either Hall of Fame <laughs> players um, from like the Oilers or uh, oh, okay. I was about to say they don't have Hall of Famers. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. or uh, Deshaun Watson jerseys or uh, yeah, um, Andre Johnson. Like <laughs> it was just it was it was ridiculous. Not one, not one player. It was it was kind of sad to see, but uh, yeah, it is. A little it was sad also really see. funny. Although now that you brought that up, I ran across a couple of um, interesting statistics earlier today. So let me just bring this up real quick. Okay, so teams in Texas, Cowboys versus Texans since 2010, winning seasons. Um, who has more? Since 2010. Yeah, and if I mean, get, I'm, I, I would guess get, the Cowboys, but I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm assuming that you, this is a surprising answer and it's going to be the Texans. Okay. So it, it is the Texans and you got one, right? Seven opposed to the Cowboys five. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah. So if you get the next two, right, I'm going to give you a week's win. All right. Okay. Mike. So if you run the table on these, all right. So trips to the playoffs, Texans or Cowboys. Oh, Texans. Texans. All right. Yes. So, do you know how many? You don't need this. Um, I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm going to say three. Six. In how many so, years? Since 2010. So, the last wow. 12 years. Yeah. Okay. Count four Six? for the Cowboys. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot All more right. than I thought. Playoff wins. Okay, I'm going to say three. Um, For who? Who who had more Texans or Cowboys? Oh, uh, Texans. Yes, correct. Yeah, Cowboys don't win playoff games. Yeah, so four for the Texans and two. Oh five. man, four and six—that's right. not bad. That's not bad. Uh, six six appearances and, and four four playoff wins. Yeah, I would say right. that's pre- that's that's above average for sure. We forget how good they were at one point. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, even with even with just when they just had Deshaun Watson there and and you know not much else. Uh, I mean, I guess uh, Hopkins and I mean they they were a good team. They were a good team, and Deshaun Watson was making a lot of stuff happen. I think him going over to Cleveland. Um, I don't think people are valuing him correctly. I mean, there's a very very uh, strong case to make that whatever amount of games he plays this upcoming season, he could be QB one in those games. You know, like he has that talent. He has the talent level to do it, and that offense is pretty potent. Um, and it's going to give him more coverage than anything he had in in Houston um, since he came into the NFL, as far as you know, the surrounding cast goes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only the only thing that concerns me a little about about Cleveland is is Stefanski going to open it up. You know, or is he going to stick? Because their offensive line is is still just a monster. You know, yeah, I, it's the best I mean, in the league, I think. You know, and that's why that that's why they're able to run the ball the way they are. I mean, not to mention that they have they have two excellent backs. But what you saw to Ernest Johnson get in there and look pretty mm-hmm. elite, which he is not. You know, yeah. and that was because of the offensive line. Yeah. Um. So, <clears throat> I mean, I I don't know what it's going to look like, although. It just seems like these days every team is going to pass more than they they run, even if they're run heavy. You know, yeah, they're still going to be above fifty percent pass. 
Yeah, I think um, I think also it's it's one of those things, right? Like you have Baker in your offense, and you're saying, okay, we have to run so that he can pass, right? Yeah. Like sure. we we have to we have to run to open up the offense for him, rather than you know Deshaun Watson is is the truck. He's pulling the offense, um, and you just got to get out of his way. And I think I think Stefanski is smart enough to know that, you know. Um, right on. Yeah, they're they're gonna run the ball. Of course, they're gonna run the ball, but I mean. They're they're gonna go against some teams that are gonna be putting up thirty five points on them, forty points on them. You know they gotta play the Ravens twice a year. They mm. they're you know gonna play some other high powered offenses uh, over there. I mean, they have the a really good the defense, Chiefs and, but... and, the, and the Chargers and the Raiders yeah. now. So I mean it's yeah yeah. I mean they they're gonna have to they're gonna have to put up some points. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean I. It just, I don't know how much Deshaun Watson you're going to miss, but if it's like four games in the beginning of the year, who really cares? You know, if you're talking about a dynasty league, if you can get him cheap. So uh, what would you have to add to Trevor Lawrence to get Watson right now? I mean, I would go so far as to say that if I have, like, let me flip it. If I have Deshaun Watson and somebody's offering me Trevor, um, they're gonna have to give me two like very valuable first round picks. Mm. Um, on top of Trevor, I, I just don't like. I I just rather take the the safety of of seeing a guy be elite, you know, at some point in his, his in his NFL career. And as much as we want to hope that Trevor is gonna be that guy that everybody predicted him to be, until you see it, at least for a stretch of you know two or three games. Um, I mean, it was just so bad last year. And, I mean, we can call that Urban Meyer, um, and we can throw it all on him. But, man, we went through this with Baker, too, didn't we? Like, after Baker's first year, everybody thought he was a second coming. And and so so easy we forget that, um, what his value was after that first season. Uh, And it's like him now, you know? I do think Trevor will be much better this year. That offense was – I mean, it wasn't even designed well. He wasn't coached well. You know, Doug well, Peterson will not- at least coach him well and design an offense that that um, fits him. You know. Yeah, but that's sorry, that's bro. the key. That's the key word, though. I mean, you say you know, think right. Like we we just have no we have nothing to lean on other than college, right? And he's played a year in the NFL. Like it was terrible. Like his first year was terrible. Oh, it was. so it wasn't it even was, like it was, arguably- it was promising. It was, it, it was, was arguably awful. worse than Zach Wilson, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is saying something because he was awful too. Uh, but at least he showed, you know, pro- I mean, at least he showed like flashes um, later in the season. He came but, on, yeah. He came on towards the end a little bit. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things like he can be as talented as he's going to be, but I, I'm, I'm of the mind that NFL teams and offenses can ruin players very easily. Um, yeah. and we don't, we don't know for certain that this offense and this team is going to be any good or any better than they were last year. I mean, we, we assume they're going to be, um, mm-hmm. but no, I mean, we, we don't, have, we, have, we don't know, you know, we don't know, but I mean, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt of, of a, of a first year player, you know, that absolutely can improve. Yeah, for um, sure. Peyton, I mean, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning was not good his rookie year. He threw a ton of interceptions. I mean, he was a lot better than Trevor Lawrence, but yeah, you know, I mean, Trevor Lawrence was a Peyton Manning level prospect, 
I'm not saying he's ever going to be Peyton Manning, but yeah, I mean, so know, is Ryan Leaf, right? All around. Anyway, what's that? Like, so, so is Ryan Leaf. Like, for every success story, <laughs> there's a failure. You know, I mean, sure, it's absolutely. It's it's one of those things. Like, if if we're saying okay. Like, am I giving – if Trevor's on my roster, am I giving him the benefit of the doubt? Hell yeah, I am because he's on my roster, right? But, like, I'm not – if I have Deshaun Watson, I'm not saying, all right, let me give up Deshaun Watson, who I know is an elite quarterback and is going to a better situation, arguably, than he had in Houston at any point in his NFL career. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not looking to make that trade. You have to incentivize me to make that trade yeah. um, pretty heavily. Yeah, right on. All right, cool. So uh, let's get back to the draft. I have a question about, all right, so would you offer the 110 for three 20-23 seconds? No idea where they'll be. The 110 for three? I'm not even going to try to figure it out. 2023, okay. Do you think that's skewed to either side? Man, I see like in this draft, I guess it would just depend on who's there. Because it's it's so it's so random, you know, sometimes who's falling to one ten in these drafts that uh you know there are cer- certain at players worst, at worst it's Skymore or Watson or Burks, you know, or Alave or you know what I mean? Like one yeah, of like those if guys it's Alave, to- I'm not I'm not even thinking about that trade, right? If it's Sky Moore, um, yeah, I'm probably just going with the pick. Uh, but that, I mean, I don't know. That's that's tough. If if I thought two of those 23 firsts were probably going to be too, really early um, or in the first five picks, then, you know, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm considering it for any of those other guys. But um, One of them will probably be pretty early. Yeah, the I think. One, um, the other two, I don't know. Pickens, Pickens, I, I really like Pickens as a player. I'm just not sold on that offense. And then adding the question marks with the quarterback situation. Um, that's one that scares me a little bit because um, I do. I'm not I'm not one of those people that thinks, you know, Chase Claypool is is, is trash. I think, I think he's a talented player. Um, Deontay Johnson is a talented player. Pickens is a talented player. Armuth is a talented player. Najee Harris. Is a talented player, not as talented as I think people think he is, but he's talented. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's just so much there that, you know, is Pickens really going to – he's going to really have to show something to, to emerge from that that bunch. Um, well, it might be tough in his first year, but Deontay Johnson is a free agent, and then Claypool comes up the year after. So the, yeah. the Steelers have a history of letting guys walk. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 definitely um, uh, a valid point. I, you know, I I also like to think short term with some of my picks. Though, like you know, you're thinking, okay, if I have the three, the three twenty three seconds, right? If I think two of those seconds are going to be pretty early, um, at this point next year, is Pickens worth those picks? And mm-hmm. you know, it's high possibility that he's not. You know, because even yeah. with just one really poor season which he, he could definitely have in that offense uh, with just being kind of shut out a little bit. Um, you know, his value could drop substantially. Yeah, well, look how, look how Claypool's <clears throat> value is tanked. You yeah. Know, this, time, this time last year or, you know, probably March or April of 2021, I traded like the 110 for Claypool. And I felt yeah. pretty good about that. And now he's not worth near that. Yep. 
Yeah, that's why, like, I tell people, um, I have this talk with with a few people. Um, I'm not going to say any names, but um, um, long conversations with them because I think, you know, I just view drafting a bit differently than, than some people do. Um, and I say, like, you know, it's not always about drafting the player, right? Like, you have to take into account a multitude of factors because you have to say, all right, is this a player that I think I can get cheaper later on? Right. In, in a lot of cases, um, that was with the case with Elijah Moore for me. So Elijah Moore um, last season after the draft, people were buying him for, uh, you know, first round picks. Right. Like they had spent yeah. he was going for uh, an early second and then training camp happened. And then everybody was spending first round picks on him, first and second round picks together. It, it was nonsense. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw. And, yeah, I saw um, him go for the first and a second. Yeah, and I was telling somebody had I was talking to somebody about it, and I was like, "Don't do that, man!" Like, he's in a first-year coach's offense with a first-year quarterback. He's a first-year wide receiver. He's going to struggle more than likely, and when he does, you can get him cheaper. So why do this now? Uh, it doesn't matter what you think about the player, right? It's it's the odds of what's going to happen in his situation, and it's very likely that he's going to struggle. So, and then and, and, you see, in season, you could get him for a mid-second. Yeah. You know, so well, uh, until the end of the season of where he started when he started to break out. But then fast forward to now and the Jets did anything and everything they could possibly do to get a wide receiver one in free agency and through trade. Couldn't yeah. and then draft it and then drafted a guy with what the 10th overall pick. Yeah. So they drafted a wide receiver one over Elijah Moore. So now he's certainly not worth a first or a second, although he's still a guy that you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to trade for him. You know, yeah. you can't, well, it's, you, you can't get him for what his value actually is right now. Yeah. I mean, it's about timing though. Right. So like in season when he was struggling and Zach Wilson looked God awful and nobody wanted to touch Zach Wilson. And then, you know, just because of the proximity of Zach Wilson to Elijah uh, Moore, his value drops substantially. Um, and you could, he could be had for a mid second very easily. Um, I did it. A, I did it a number of places. It's not about like saying, okay, well now, you know, after the after the end of the season where he's like playing a little bit better and his value is peaking a little bit more. That's irrelevant because the, the middle of the season when he's struggling, it's all about timing. That's when you buy him. You right. say, okay, you know, a mid second is a reasonable price for him, um, and that's that's when you buy him. So uh, it's it's that's just how I I like to draft. And so when I look at Pickens, he's a guy where I say all right, I don't really want to spend this pick on him. I'd rather go get Sky more. And I think I'm going to place my bet that in the middle of this season, I can go out there and get Pickens for a mid-second. I can see that. I can absolutely see that for a late second, probably, if he's not doing yeah. anything. Yeah. I, so I, all right. So that that's <clears throat> the point of the draft that I'm struggling with is like 111 and 112 and 201 and two to a little bit, 202. So those four picks right there. I don't want any of the running backs that high. I know you like James Cook. Um, I don't. I think that he's a player who's – I just don't believe in the player. I understand that he'll probably retain value whether he's good or not. But Mm -hmm. in two years, he could be Zach Moss. Yeah, I don't care. See, that's the thing. Like – that's what I'm saying. Like our our draft strategy is just different because I don't – it's not that I I like the player. I don't like the player. Um, Yeah. I like I like the the situation. I like the draft capital. I like the positional value, um, and I think that if he shows flashes this season, 
his value rises substantially. If he struggles, his value drops minimally. Um, and I'm going to bet on that in some circumstances. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not going all in. I have my 30%, you know, share cap, but I'm going to get a few shares of him because I know, um, this running back was very weak at running back outside of, uh, the first one in Isaiah Spiller's draft capital, not being what some people thought it would be. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to take a few bets on him and, and see what happens. And if he does flash a little bit, I may sell him everywhere. Um, it's real or keep bust. one share. Yeah. It's real. I mean, bust. So it's just one of those things like, would I rather have James Cook than George Pickens? Hell yeah, I would. Um, just because I know that it's it's far more likely that people want to see a running a young running back um, who's in a really good offense, who is probably going to be explosive at some point this season. Um, they're going to want to see him succeed. See, so, now I'm I kind mean, of <clears> – <throat> So in that range, so but you like James Cook before that though. You like James Cook in the seven, one hundred seven, one hundred eight range. Is that right? Um, yeah, not not right now. I, I have him. I have him more in like the one. He's he's a first. I guess my my argument was that he's a first round pick. I said that what I was saying was that I think I think you can't argue with somebody taking him around the one hundred seven. Um that I see, okay. I see the, the reason, the reasoning behind it. Right. I just think that he should be a first round pick. That's all. That's all. You're breaking up. Because can, can, is it better? You're breaking, you're breaking up pretty bad. So I get what you're saying. So you are arguing that um, he's, uh, he he's a first round pick, but if somebody takes him with the one Oh seven or later that you wouldn't argue with it, that you think the value will be there. I, I mean, I think it could potentially be okay at the one Oh seven. Like I, I could see somebody making the argument for it. Like, I don't think it's as ridiculous as somebody saying that he should be a mid second round pick, which I think is you know, a bit ridiculous. Okay. So <clears throat> You would take him like after Sky Moore and Watson, like maybe yeah. in the one eleven, one twelve range that we're I, talking about. I would say, I would say, um, probably Watson is is maybe that James Cook Watson is kind of the area I have them, you know, pretty much tied for me, um, just because I I don't really love the players, like I'm not in love with either one of them, but I can see they're in the same kind of situation where I can see success for them early on. Um, which is always, you know, golden as far as resale value um, and what you could potentially get for them, especially with running back. You know, I'm always trying to sell young running backs early. Um, as soon as they hit their value, I'm, I'm going for it. <clears throat> gotcha. Yeah. So um, what I, all right. So I kind of feel that way about Trey McBride. So he's a player that I don't think needs to perform at all this year to be worth. In fact, I think even if he is blocked all year by Ertz and does nothing, mm-hmm. if, and when Ertz leaves that team next year, um, I think McBride is worth more than he was in, in this year's draft. Right. Which right now is generally mid second. I mean, I've been taking him high second because I just really, I, I like the player and I love the landing spot. What, what do you think about that? Like I just, to me, there's no, no chance of him unless there's some catastrophic injury 
there's no chance of him losing losing his value. Yeah, so I like Trey McBride um, a, a decent amount. I, I think that he's, you know, he has the opportunity to be a, a, a really productive tight end. Um, I just like several other tight ends that I can get really late. You know, the Jeremy Ruckers, the uh, Bellingers. Um, yeah, so get and, them too. It's not yeah, like you take yeah, I mean, one tight end and that's your guy, you know? Definitely, definitely. Uh, but if I'm – if I'm saying to myself, like, let's say that I have one, um, one uh, dynasty team, right? And and I don't have the multitudes of leagues that I that I actually do have. Um, I just have this one dynasty team, and I'm in the second. And I'm in the two oh. I'm sitting at two oh six, and I'm in a tight end premium league, and I see Mechie there, and I see at um, uh, Mechie or Alec Pierce, throw either one of them in there, mm-hmm. and I see Trey McBride. I'm probably going to go Mechier, Alec Pierce, and then go with Bellinger in the fourth and Ruckert in the fifth, or Ruckert in the fourth and Bellinger in the fifth, because I think, you know, it just, I don't think there's any rhyme or reason to where they're going right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just think the, the trade off for wide receiver and tight end is a little bit lopsided. You know, like I think you can get a decent tight end with draft capital. Um, in the fourth and fifth round, and you can't do that with wide receiver. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm probably going to try to try to aim for those those uh, aforementioned wide receivers before I go. Yeah. For right. After all the wide receivers we've talked about, and then Tolbert, it, it falls off a cliff for me. I don't really like any of the other guys that much. Like Danny Gray, I'll take in the fourth or fifth round, and and cross my fingers or like Romeo Dubs. Yeah. But otherwise. I mean, I, I mean, I actually kind of like Romeo Dubs. I think he uh, of the late guys, I think he probably has the best chance to hit because I think he's a little more polished, you know, than Watson. And, you know, mm-hmm. obviously the Green Bay landing spot might just click with Aaron Rodgers right away. Who knows? It, yeah. You know, stranger things have happened. Late, late round wide receivers can hit to a degree, especially when they're given an opportunity right away. So, I mean, I – I like him a bit. It's not like I love him and I'm jumping all over him, but um, he's a guy that I'm targeting in the fourth, fifth round. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, but, and, and like I said, yeah, if, I'm, I'm with you, though. Like, I'm with you. If you want to take Trey McBride in the, in the second and, you know, you're in a tight end premium league, I think that's that's more than reasonable, right? Like, I like it's one of those things, like with James Cook going in, in at 106. Like, I'm not going to argue with anybody that does it. I'm I'm not going to take him at the 106, but I'm not going to argue with you. Just like I'm not going to take you know Trey McBride at the 203, but I'm not going to argue with anybody that does. Um, and in a in a tight end premium league, um, yeah. because I yeah I think he can he can be really really good. All right, so I was in a league where I had the 111, and then I had the 202, 203, 204, right? So or 202 and 203. And so I I was stuck there. I couldn't trade out of it. Nobody wanted to pick. Nobody offered me anything decent. Um, so I wanted I, – what I had on my board was Dotson and Pickens as sort of the next wide receiver – the next players up. Watson uh, and uh, Sky Moore were off the board. And so I'm looking at those two, and then uh, I guess Cook was there and – any of the quarterbacks besides Ritter. I mean, I'm sorry, besides Pickett. And I'm not going after any of those guys in this area either. 
So, like I said, there's no other running backs that I like there. So I knew that I was picking in three picks and there were two wide receivers that I kind of liked that I couldn't decide between. And then I wanted to get McBride with either the 202 or 203 um, when it came back to me. So I just took McBride with the 111 and then um, took the wide receiver that fell to me at 202, which was Pickens. Mm-hmm. Um, I would rather have traded out of those, but there were just no bites. Um, I know you probably would have taken James Cook there, right? Yeah, yeah, I would have, t- I would have taken James Cook and then um, went and felt pretty comfortable about being able to get McBride uh, mm. in the second there. Yeah, so I ended up getting Pickens and McBride, um, and then I took Mechie with the next pick, with a two or three. Um, yeah, I kind of, I kind of questioned whether I should have taken Alec Pierce there because I already had a bunch of Mechie, but I have a bunch more seconds and a bunch more leagues, so I'll just get Alec Pierce in those leagues instead. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know, I, I just sort of, yeah. I, I overdrafted McBride just knowing that one of the uh, one of the players I was going to take there was going to fall to me anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, so it's not a tremendous strategy or anything, but I had so many picks that I, I just knew that I was going to get other, you know, I was going to get these players anyway. Yeah. I, um, yeah, it's, it's a weird, it's like I said, it's a weird year. Uh, you know, it's, it's difficult to move out of, out of spots. So you've, you've got to go with your gut in a lot of situations. Um, uh, you, you know, it's, it's really tough to use consensus this year because if you can't move around, what good does knowing consensus do for you? So, yeah, in some cases you just got to take, I mean, it doesn't matter if I gr- agree with it or not. You've just got to take the guys you, you like because you've got to live with those players, right? Like you can't, right. you can't trade out and get them later because, um, you know, McBride's going to last until the two or three, because I mean, at that point, what does it, you know, what does it matter unless you like one of the wide receivers better? So, I mean, I get what you're saying. I, it's, it's it's just you're in a tough spot this year because it's so flat. There's once after the I feel like after the first ten picks for me, it gets really flat. I don't and and because I don't like running back three or quarterback two on in in that range at all, then it gets it, it gets sketchy for me. And and then because you can't trade out, you just sort of have to take um, who you do like. You know, through yeah. all this evaluation, I just ended up t- taking players that I f- that I feel good about. Yeah, I think another 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 uh, aspect of this draft that we disagree on is uh, with the quarterbacks. I I do like Ritter in the second round. I do like Malik Willis in the second round. Um, I know they don't. I know that typically we're not taking uh, round three quarterbacks uh, in the second round. But this isn't a typical year, um, no, you know, and, and I like I do like Ritter a lot. I made no uh, um, secret about that. I think Malik Willis, if he's able to see the field some way, somehow, um, that he's going to put up a lot of fantasy points because, you know, what he can do with his legs. Uh, and, you know, Desmond Ritter is a little bit of the same kind of thing, right? Like Desmond Ritter yeah. has the uh, – he has the um, – the games under his belt, like he, he has the, the experience, but he also has the, the really, really athletic profile that I think a lot of people don't give him credit for. Um, that's going to be able to give him a certain amount of fantasy points per game, just based on his legs. Um, yeah, and I think he, I, I think he has a pathway to seeing the field this year, you know, 
very, very realistically. Yeah, yeah, Mariota could absolutely suck because he always has. So, yeah, absolutely, he could get on the field. Um, I, I liked Ritter, as you know, leading up to the draft. Mm-hmm. I don't mind him in the middle of the second round. Top of the second round scares me. I don't yeah, I've, take, I've taken him. Um, I think there's I've, good players, sir. Yeah, I've taken him at 204 um, mm-hmm. is the earliest I've taken him. Um, yeah, I don't mind him in the in the middle mm-hmm. of the second. I haven't done it yet, but typically I, I have three starting quarterbacks on all my teams. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess it, it that doesn't really matter because actually it's even a better reason to take a quarterback. You know, if you take one of those guys as your fourth and you don't need them, um, all you're doing is, yeah, it could absolutely bust either Ritter or Willis or to a lesser extent Corral. They could have, I mean, not that they could to a lesser extent that they could bust, but to a lesser extent they could hit Corral. Um, it's a lottery ticket. So I, I can't argue with, with the upside there, especially like, yeah, if you take them as your fourth quarterback, it's a pretty good strategy. And, I mean, don't take them and, and hope that you're going to, they're going to win something for you this year. You yeah. Know, especially I, in the league. And, you know, and have, like I said, have a realistic expectation on him. I completely agree. I, I think that, um, you know, it's, it's hard for some people. I get why some people don't want to take, Ritter and Willis in the second round. Like, I understand it because, you know, in years past, uh, I, I mean, I've been playing Dynasty for a long time. And typically, you know, you're finding um, QBs, first round, like legitimate first round capital quarterbacks going in the second round of, of Dynasty drafts. Um, right. And so it's such just a big difference from what, what we've seen in years past. But this is a class that we've never seen before. Um, and I, I don't know, like I, I'm listening to the NFL for the most part on this one. I just, yeah. I'm not doing it. I can see the logic and I understand it and I won't argue with it, but I'm not, I'm just personally not doing it. Yeah. I think, I think after uh, a certain number of players, I think the risk is, uh, pretty, I mean, pretty even across the board. I want to say like. I, I don't know that there's nobody – I don't know that there's anybody, sorry, in the middle of the second round that I think is a lock to be uh, a starting NFL player uh, for years to come. You know? Um, well, all right. What if Mechie didn't have the injury? you think he's close to a lock? Yeah, but I'm, I'm also – okay, I guess I'm talking about my personal rankings because I'm taking Mechie before then. Um, okay, okay, cool. So, because, uh, well, you know, Mechie is falling to the middle, late second and a lot. I got him at the 210. Yeah, trade, I've got him in, that, the t- in that trade we made. That 210 that I got back from you, I took Mechie. Yeah, that's it's really weird because I, I've seen him go in, in the early second and in the late second. Like I said, it's, it's there's no rhyme or reason to why players are falling or rising. It's just happening across the board. I think people are listening to... I think more podcast content is coming out and people are listening to their favorite podcaster and saying, okay, well, he likes this player better. So I'm going to move him up my board. Cause it, there's no, there's no real reason why anybody's moving up, but there are some players that are moving up and players moving down. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw somebody um, trade two seconds to move up in the second to get Ritter. You know, yeah. like traded like the two Oh four, the two ten, or the two twelve or something. And I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't do that. No, um, I, I wouldn't do that either. But 
if he's sitting at 204, 205, 206, and I don't like who else is there, um, I just I, if maybe if he was in a if he was in a better offense um, with a better quarterback ahead of him, like I wouldn't even think about it. But because it's Marcus Mariota, and more importantly, because it's the Atlanta Falcons and what they have around him, um, they're gonna they're, at some point Mariota's gonna struggle because it's inevitable. Because it doesn't right. matter. I think good quarterbacks would struggle in that offense. It's not gonna be a good offense. Right. Um, and when he does, they're gonna say, "Hey, we drafted this kid. Let's throw him out there and see what he's got." And at that point, he's worth that middle, uh, that mid-second pick, um, because if he goes out in there and performs, then they're gonna start asking questions. Right. Yeah, they they're they're not a balanced offense. They they have very little running game. Their best weapon is Cordero Patterson. Uh, their offensive line is not good to trash. No. You know, no. um, their main offense. You know, their main pass catchers are both very young, very talented, but very young, and you can't expect them to lead and carry an offense in their first and second years. It's just it's not realistic. So mm-hmm. yeah, their offense is trash. Oh, I have Mariota in a league that I'm desperately trying to get rid of. No. Um, I mean, I asked for too much. I was trying to get it for, I was asking for a 2024 first. Yeah, it's not like not I was happen. like, yeah, <laughs> they all laughed at me. Yeah. But <laughs> if I can get any kind of second for him, I guess I'm going to try to get that. But I got to wait till he starts playing. Hope he, ha- hope he has a couple good games. Because <laughs> at this point, I'm not getting a second in that league. They laughed at me too much already. Yeah, yeah, I was I was talking to um I forget where it was, but I was talking to some people because they were talking about how how feasible it is that um Corral sees the field and and I just think it's it's much more likely that Ritter sees the field because um as bad as as bad as Darnold is, that offense if they remain healthy can prop him up. Like it, it's it's not in question uh that if CMC is able to stay healthy um, if that offensive line is able to click, especially with the with the new rookie Katie, hold on in one there, sec. yeah. I'm so sorry. I, I I think I I'm so sorry. I think I have a draft that's auto picking. What's going on? Einstein's. Okay, sorry. No, I just got a weird. I just got a weird message. Never mind. I'm so sorry. I cut you off, and that was rude. No, that's all right. No, no, no. Um, no, I get it, man. Nobody likes to be out of picked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my ears got hot. You know, I don't yeah. know. I got this weird, like, <laughs> rush of adrenaline. I, I got to fix this. <laughs> uh, yeah, we work hard for our picks, man. You want to make it. <laughs> uh, especially in that league. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was, no, I was just saying that, you know, if, if CMC is able to stay healthy – if that offensive line is able to solidify just even a little bit from, um, uh, you know, the draft pick with Ekmokofanu and, and uh, you know, what they what they have going on over there and, and uh, DJ Moore is able to stay healthy and, and the, West, the rest of their wide receiver core picks up a little bit. I mean, it's good enough where Sam Darnold can just be a little below average and that offense be functional, you know. Sam if CMC goes down, it's maybe a different story, but – but Darnold could also be terrible and get hurt. And I, I um, no, for sure. For sure. For sure. I, I'm just saying, I think it's much more likely that whatever quarterback is in that Atlanta offense, no matter who it is, is going to struggle because they just have nothing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's really a problem for Ritter long term as well because there's there's nothing keeping them from taking a quarterback high next year. Uh, yeah, that Al- no. Alabama and Ohio State have good ones coming out. For sure, for sure. But I think I think what's important is you just want if you're drafting him in the middle of the second round, right? Like you, you're just wanting him to see the field year one. Yeah. Like I just want I he's he's selected in the third round. We know what it is, right? Like he's not going to be given the benefit of the doubt. We just want to see him on the field. We just want a Jalen Hurts um, to happen where he sees the field and he's able to put something together where they're like, okay, maybe we can make this work. Let's let's ask a few questions here. Right That's on. it. Right on. That's all we want. I think we've kind of covered the first two rounds. I mean, which is sort of our goal tonight. I, w- I want to address something real quick here. Um, Gator J in chat says, Jesse not popping beers tonight. It's disappointing. Um, that's correct. So I haven't asked you what you're drinking. What are you drinking tonight? Um, Starbucks coffee. Uh, okay, right on. <laughs> I'm trying to stay awake. So, <laughs> and I'm driving, so definitely not beer. Okay, not while you're talking to us. No, 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 no. Of course, once we hang up, it's a different story. But... Right on. So I'm drinking water out of a medieval cups, medieval times plastic cup. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So now I've I've uh. We've got a festival um, outside of my work going on tomorrow, so we're gonna be super busy, and I need to be sharp. So, yeah. not drinking a night gator. And everybody else, sorry to sorry to disappoint you. Um, so one thing that I want to do real quick before we go, because uh, we're ju- at just about an hour. Um, uh, first round tier breaks for me are um, after one hundred and two, because you can't get another running back. Um you know, another reasonably, you know, reasonable running back anyway. Uh, and then after 108, and then uh, I, after 110, there's another tier break for me. So what do you think? What are your tier breaks in the first round? I, I'm Gosh, I wish you would have, like, uh, gave me a little bit of a heads up here. Let me... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm <laughs> no, just kind of throwing it out there. That's all right. Um, I've just been kind of going with the flow and, and, and um, you know, picking players. But uh, I have um, – um, yeah, I'm going to say tier break after two. Um, tier break after uh, – Well, so, so the next – I'll tell you why I have it at 108, and that's because you have the wide receivers of Wilson, London, not in whatever order, but Wilson, London yeah. – Jameson Williams, Alave, and that's four, right? So that's three, four, five, six, and then one of seven or earlier is Pickett, and then Burks is in that in that range as well. And then after that, for me, it's Skymore and Christian Watson in an, in in another tier. Yeah, so I have in my first tier, I have Brees Hall and um and Kenneth Walker. In my Same. second tier, I have London. Garrett Wilson, uh, Jamison Williams, Kenny Pickett, Olave, and then I have another tier break, and then I have Traylon Burks, Sky Moore, Christian Watson, uh, tier break, um, Pickens Cook, um, and then yeah, the second round from there. Yeah. Okay. So I'm about the same. And Jahan Dotson, where are you on him? Uh, he's been he's been my if I can get him at two hundred one, two hundred two, I am ecstatic. Uh, but I've, I've gotten it to a four in, in quite a few drafts already. I think like two or three drafts. 
Um, and I say quite a few, but I mean, you know, ratio-wise, uh, percentage-wise. Um, I think I've done six, and in two of them, I've got him at two or four, so. Yeah, I'm real comfortable to ecstatic, depending on where I can get him in the second round. Anywhere in the second round, I'm comfortable. And then any anywhere after the first couple picks in the second round, I'm, I'm ecstatic. Yep, I like it. Cool, cool. Anything else you want to talk about before we head out? Um, I actually do have one question for you. Sure. So what do you think about two guys that I think are very – very controversial in, in this year's draft. Um, they're your, you know, borderline. Actually, let's make it three guys. They're your borderline end of the second, early third kind of guys. And that's uh, yeah. David Bell, Dylan Tolbert, and Wondell Robinson. Okay. Of those three, I like Tolbert, I believe. So David Bell is real tough for me because – I don't – obviously, he just measured so poorly, but he's a really good football player. I just don't know – I don't know how that's going to translate into fantasy production. So he's got a really capped ceiling where I don't think Tolbert's ceiling is quite as capped, although I do see Tolbert's ceiling as sort of like Gallup. So that's not a really high ceiling either, um, but I just see the likelihood of Tolbert getting there probably a little better. So I think I like Tolbert a little better. I do like the landing spot for Tolbert as well. Um, I like the, the landing spot really well for, for Bell. So that's sort of what kept him in the late second round mm-hmm. for me. And then Wandale Robinson, um, I have later, you know, like um, in, the th- in the third somewhere. Okay. Yeah, I um, I, I just ask. I, I have no opinion on the three. I mean, I have opinions on them as players. Mm-hmm. Um. I think they're all three complete just dart throws. Um, yeah. You know, David Bell, who knows if he's even going to be the second wide receiver on the team. Um, right. I think he was, you know, drafted in like 100th overall or something like that in the third. I mean, he was drafted um, above, like higher than DPJ was drafted, but DPJ is a lot more athletic, so he might. Yeah, and, and he's been there, right? So, like, people right. – people, They've, they've grown accustomed to him. They know him. They're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, David Bell, he by no means is, as a as a 99th, 100th overall draft pick, walking in there and taking a spot, right? Like, he's going to have to earn it. Um, Plus, they'll use Njoku and their backs as receivers. Yeah, yep, exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely see a pathway to success for him in that offense, but we'll see. Um, Jalen Tolbert, I do like him quite a bit as a player. Um, and I like him too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he. I think he's he's a good, solid football player. He, he, he's, I mean, he's fast, but not your not really your classic um, deep threat. But he is fast, and he can get open deep. Um, and he's he's really smooth. Runs good routes. Um, more yeah. of a move type player. I, I doubt he'll be able to get off press. Won't be able to play X in the NFL. He's he's a guy that I really, really, really like in best ball formats. Um, mm-hmm. That I mean, the same exact thing with Gallup last year, right? Like love Gallup in best ball formats. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Tolbert's going to be kind of in that same mold, like you alluded to earlier. Uh, and then um, Wando Robinson, I do have him as as an you know early third, maybe even late second, um, depending on mm-hmm. you know where uh, 
um, you know, kind of how much I got of the other two guys. But uh, you know, Giants bias bleeding through. No, it's no, it's not at all because I mean, you know how I am with Giants players. Uh, I tend to not draft them. Um, You were in love with Tony last year. No, I was not in love with Tony. See, this is this is. I hate that I have to explain this every year. (laughs) I don't love players. I love value. And Tony got the draft capital, and I was able to get him in the late second round, which is fantastic. I'm willing to take a risk there, right? Um, if he was going as a first-round pick or going 201, I'm not going to have many shares of him at all, right? It's just that where he's going, it doesn't make sense not to draft him. And he showed that he, at what he can do on the field, he is by far – the most electric player in the in in the NFL with with the ball in his hand, um, you know, with That's no space to work with, by far I think. Yeah, I, I think that he can do something that nobody else in the NFL can do with the ball in his hand in tight spaces. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's even close. I think you know maybe uh, some people were saying Tyreek esque, but you know, with the with the amount of dyna- uh, dy- dynamism, but I mean, it's it's a different kind, right? Like, yeah. Tony was making three, four guys miss on a single play, and they were all huddled around him like it was just they were trying to grab him with fingertips. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, madness. he's like a, he reminds me of a bulked up uh, Dante Hall. This yeah, is the I only mean the other person I've ever mm-hmm. seen that could move that way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's it's that specific thing, and and if you have a guy that can do something better than everybody else, I'm willing to take a risk on him um, yeah. at that value. So. Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, and, I loved him, too. I got him all over the place. Yeah, so um, that's what I'm saying. It's Wanda not about Robinson, loving the player. Rondo Robinson, I'm saying, is probably, for me, like an early third, early to mid-third. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to argue with you. So, Wanda Robinson, for me, I think um, the reason why I'm willing to take a risk on him in the, at the end of the second is because of the injuries, right? Mm-hmm. They have Kenny Golliday cannot stay healthy for even half a season. Sterling Shepard cannot stay healthy for even half a season. Darius Tony cannot stay healthy for even half a season. So, I mean, if, if, if history repeats itself, he is going to have a predominant role in the offense. Like he's, he's going to have to, right. Because they have nobody else. Um, I think it was something crazy. Like uh, Daniel Jones had not played with his uh, top three wide receivers um, in the offense for more than three games, his entire career. Um, up until a certain point last season, it was, it, I mean, it's insane. So uh, that's what I'm saying. Like if, if you have a guy that's drafted that highly, right. Um, you look at, you know, who else you're getting around that, you know, that point in rookie drafts and it's, you know, fourth round rookie running backs and fifth round rookie running backs and, you know, third and fourth round rookie wide receivers. Like, yeah, they, everybody has risks at that point. I'm just saying it's it's highly likely that Wando Robinson finds a role. Um, the same way Kadarius Tony, right? Like I sold a bunch of Kadarius Tony shares in season because you could get, I mean, you could sell him for a first round pick. Yeah. You know, like I think so, something similar can happen with Wando Robinson where he not, maybe not to that extent because I don't think they're the same talent level, but um, where Wando Robinson finds a role and you're able to move him for, for what looks like an early second. This reminds me of of the last thing that I wanted to talk about because now that you're now that you're talking about Wondell Robinson, it reminds me of an undersized player last year, Rondo uh, Rondell Moore, right? So mm-hmm. 
with them because i have a specific question with him with the hopkins suspension does this bring does this resurrect rondell Moore at all i i don't i don't know because my big question with rondell Moore right is not about um not about i guess it does have a little bit to do with with he's a specific what what he's going to be asked to do I think he's a talented player. I think he's a talented player. I think he does what he does exceedingly well. Um, the issue is that I don't believe that that coaching staff believes that he is an integral part of their offense. At least they haven't shown that to anybody, right? Like they've consistently asked him to do um, the same thing over and over and over, and that's catch the ball behind the line of scrimmage, fight for four yards, and um, do that 100 times over. Right, and they refuse yeah. to give him a significant role in the offense. And then this year, um, you know, with them going out and getting Hollywood, right? Uh, mm. I mean, what what are they doing in that offense? Like, I just I have no idea. I, yeah, I don't think that. I mean, obviously, I think they they had an idea that this suspension was coming for Hopkins makes the trade for Hollywood, yeah, make more sense. Maybe maybe I, maybe that's I mean, I, I really like Hollywood. Um, the drops last year were bad, but he gets open and he gets open deep. Um, he's he's a really good root runner, polished player with speed. Um, the hands have to improve, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean the rate of the rate of broken tackles with, with Rondale right w- was amazing. Um, him, Kadarius Tony, and Lavisca were doing things as far as like forced to miss tackles that nobody else in the NFL were doing. Um, but it, it's a, it's just a shame that LaVisco was, was in a really poor offense and asked to do a, this, a similar thing to what Rondo was asked to do, which is be that, you know, strict gadgety player where we're just going to give you the ball behind the line of scrimmage where Kadarius Toney um, was asked to do a bit more, and we saw when he was healthy, he could do it, right? right. So I just want to see Rondo given the opportunity to do a little bit more. And and I'm not saying that he can do it. I'm just saying, I want to see him given the opportunity to do it and, yeah, and the offense and, and the coaching staff saying, Hey, we believe that you have the potential to be more than just this guy who's catching the ball behind the line of scrimmage and getting us mm. a first down on, on third and short. Yeah. Same with LaVisca. Um, yeah. I just, I just got him for a third. Um, it was like a 2024 third. Yeah. And I, I okay. think that's, I'll take a shot for move. that. Yeah. I think it's yeah. a good move. I mean, there's definitely a chance that he turns into something usable. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up a second for him, but um, getting him for a third is um, definitely the range I want to be in. Um, taking, taking a shot because at, at this point, it's a lottery ticket. He could absolutely be nothing. Yeah, and and I think if you are saying that the quarterback is going to be getting a lot better, which I mean, a lot of people are. We'll see. We talked about earlier, right? If the quarterback's going to get a lot better, somebody in that wide receiver core is going to have to get that production. Um, sure. And I don't think there's any one player that is a slam dunk to get that production. So why not LaVisco, right? Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I believe in Trevor Lawrence's talent and the ability to, to make a, you know, a leap this season. I believe in it, but I'm, I mean, I, by no means, though, I think it's a given. So, you know, LaVisco is a huge risk, but huge upside, too. You know that with that size and um, the way he runs after the catch, if they can figure out how to use him right, if he can figure out how to run a decent slant, he can be a monster. Yep. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. Right on. Okay. So uh, anything else or are we going to end up? No, I think that's a pretty good point to, to end on. All right, cool. Awesome. All right. Thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, we are going to be back full force next week, I believe. So hopefully it'll be uh, the three of us. Mike Casper will be back with us. So um, join us next week at the same time, <laughs> same channel. <laughs> Jack gets a kick out of it. Because <laughs> I think we're on TV right now, right? YouTube is TV. So <laughs> we'll be on the same channel, oh same time next week. <laughs> oh my God, uh, oh man. Follow us at DWZ underscore war games. Follow Chad at what's your handle, Chad? I don't remember it. Just okay. Awesome. <laughs> Later, guys. Later. <laughs> When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. We won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak.